As phase four of the MCU keeps moving along, we have arrived at one of the most interesting projects on the slate. The Eternals are the latest D-list Marvel Comics characters to get the Marvel Studios treatment, and it looks, feels, and is being touted as one of the biggest comic book movies of all time. Here is everything you need to know about Eternals. Let's get it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Direct Primer. Today, we'll be talking everything Eternals. Um, my, I'm Matt Rimke, my usual co-host, Liam Crowley. He has already seen the damn thing, the lucky son of a bitch. And so I brought in some help. I brought in the ringers. I took, I looked at the roster we had and thought, who's the perfect two people to bring on and make sure I can you know control myself talking about this movie so i brought in the two people that take all of my articles i write and rip them apart and tell me what i can do better ladies and gentlemen our editors at the direct.com pam gores and klein felt pam how we doing i'm great i'm so happy to be back and i'll have you know you know last time i was here you called me editor-in-chief and uh n- listen Brian, Brian is our editor in chief. I just want to clear that up now. There, Klein and I joke about having a revolution. It's not actually happening. I Wait, promise. you think you think it's a joke? Yeah, <laughs> you think it's real? <laughs> I've been sharpening my pitchforks for weeks. I have this theory that Klein is a secret Twitter assassin, and he is ready to pounce at any moment. Even though I am the nicest I am guy screen leaks. Yeah, well, he, <gasps> you are big screen leaks. What an unbelievable turn of events. <laughs> All right, that's how I wanted to start this show. That that voice you hear, of course, is Klein. Klein, how is Canada doing? I'm doing well. I did something to my elbow yesterday. I don't know what, but it hurts. It oh, I no. might have to like ice it in the middle of this thing. I don't know what I did. It is so sore. Michael Jordan played through a flu, and uh, Matthew Stafford threw a touchdown with a broken shoulder. Klein felt is playing through pain right now. Podcasting. This is, my, this is it. This is my podcasting flu game. hurt. This guy doesn't quit. The Iron Man. Klein felt Pam, we should be honored to be in his presence, I think. I mean, my arms are sore. I did an arm workout last <laughs> night, so like, we're all kind of suffering right now. We are really getting through it. I'm here lost without Liam, so um, I am going to navigate us through the Eternals primer, guys. This movie is one of the biggest things that um, you know has happened this year. It's really become an event over these past couple of weeks, I feel like. It's, it's ramped up lately, and I'm really excited to talk about it here on Halloween. Um, I want to start off, Pam, just real quick. Overall, you know, where where is your hype right now for Eternals? Where is it now? Also, where was it when it was announced? So I feel like I'm I'm in the same vibe with a lot of people when when it was announced. Not a ton of hype, right? Like we're getting. I mean, it's always fun to get new people in. Like Guardians proved that, like that these new teams can really become hits. But it was, I think what threw me off when it was first announced was how many new people we were getting at once. You know, Guardians was a little, you know, a little more tight-knit. Now we have a team of 10, and it's like, how are we going to, you know, really get to know all of them? But now it's just, I don't know. Like, I am insanely hyped. This is the first movie I am dedicating myself to seeing in IMAX. I have the tickets. I'm so ready. Um, me too. So I'm really hyped now, yeah. Yeah, that's what's up. And that's a really good indicator of hype because – I'm the same way. I usually don't see these in IMAX. Um, Regal is my theater here in Denver, and the RPX at Regal is so sick. It's like the the luxury seats, the great sound system, the double wide. It's great. But I am I got IMAX tickets for this one, so I agree. It's it's got that kind of hype where you want to see it on that big screen. Klein, same question to you. Where are you at now? Where were you when you first heard the Eternals were coming to the MCU? 
Uh, well, when I first heard, I was, I guess, similar to Pam, similar to just about everyone, they, not really knowing what to expect. It was, but at this point with Marvel, they pitch me anything and I'm going to be there because they've proven enough that it's going to be okay. I was excited. I was, the hype for me started to kind of get, grow as the cast started to be announced. There's some big names attached to it. And I thought, oh, that'll be interesting. Angelina Jolie in the MCU. Let's, we'll see how that goes. Uh, but right now I'm excited and I don't know. I feel like I'm going into this more blind than I have for an MCU movie in a very long time. I don't know what to expect. I don't know. I'm willing to sit down here for the two hour movie and have them just, just show me like I I've seen all the trailers and I still am kind of sitting here going, I don't a hundred percent know what this movie's going to be. And I like that. I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. It's 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 a good feeling to have, especially when we're at a point where sequels and threequels are really dominating everything. A stat that I love touting here. This is only the second like origin story project since Doctor Strange. And before Doctor Strange, it was Ant-Man. And this is also only the fifth time the MCU has introduced a new title character without teasing them in any sort of way in the past. It's Iron Man and Hulk, obviously. It's Ant-Man, it's Shang-Chi, it's Guardians and Eternals. So it's really exciting to get this fresh blood. What's interesting to me about the hype you know, throughout this whole process, you think with Jolie and Hayek and Jimmy Chan and, and the, the Game of Thrones guys and all these, you know, Camille Nagiani being just rip-sauced, you know what I mean? You'd think those names would really drive all the hype. But Chloe's out when she won that Oscar, when when Nomadland hit and, you know, that happened, you know, when that month of Chloe's outness that happened, it really took this movie to a whole new level. And it made people go into it thinking like, yeah, Marvel can sell me anything. But also this one, people are saying it's different because she's different. And we'll definitely talk about that. But right now, let's dive into the details. Eternals, ladies and gentlemen boys and girls will be released on november 5th exclusively in theaters i'm starting to think you know what guys i'm gonna delete the exclusively in theaters thing off the primer right now i don't think we need to do that anymore i i think it's safe to say disney plus premium access for these marvel movies it's gonna be a while before we see that again um and because of that spider-man no way home on disney plus for 65 dollars um november 5th only in theaters um as far as box office i haven't seen any predictions yet i think we're a little too far out um, we're recording a couple weeks before the movie comes out. David Thomas, maybe you've heard of him, uh, our box office expert at the direct.com. He predicted in the 80s, Black Widow numbers kind of thing. I thought that was really interesting, seeing how well Shang-Chi did, the huge opening by Venom, um, and, and just kind of where we're at with the hype in this movie. Liam has this on 100 opening weekend easy. Um, and um, I really don't know where I am personally on it, but... I think 80 is a little too low. I think 100 is closer to where I am. Do you guys have any box office numbers off the top of your head? Or is that not your gig? <laughs> I think that this is going to be the biggest opening for Marvel this year. Uh, just because I think the morbid curiosity is there. And and that's the perfect word to describe it. I think more mm-hmm. people are curious to see what this movie is than Shang-Chi even. Uh, even though Shang-Chi was new, I think there's just a lot of a lot of chatter about not knowing what this movie is going to be. And I think that's going to drive box office numbers. Um, and especially because there it hasn't with this movie really been the up in the air of will it be at home? Will it be in theaters? People have been thinking about this as a theater movie for a long time and have it marked on their calendar. And it seems with every one of these big blockbusters that comes out, it just 
seems like more and more people are getting to the theaters. You saw it with Venom, then James Bond, and then I think this is going to be even bigger. So I think this will be the biggest of the year for, for Marvel, at least. And I think David had a really good point when we talked about the box office predictions. Dune comes out this weekend. Very yep. big deal. Very big movie, obviously on HBO Max. He is. He had a thought or a theory that this movie might see a small dip because the, the common moviegoer might be like, oh, the sand movie. And then the Eternals is the other sand movie because like there is a lot of those similar desert type shots. So I thought that was a really interesting approach to kind of measure where this one falls because Dune does come first. Um, I'm excited to see where it goes. Klein, if it is the biggest Marvel opening, it puts it in the mid 80s at least. So I think you're right in line with kind of everybody else. Yeah, I don't think it beats Spider-Man, but it, I think it will be the biggest so far. Nothing's going to beat Spider-Man. Pam? I was going to say, and I think what's really going to do it for the box office for Eternals is the cast. Yeah. It is stacked. Names. I mean, Angelina Jolie alone. I mean, come on. But like, Back. I think it's going to draw in like, I kind of almost see it drawing in more of like an adult audience because of the cast, because it's so well renowned. Even if sure. it's, it's a Marvel movie, whatever, but just like people love these actors and actresses and they want to see the projects they're in. So I think that's also going to have a big impact. Definitely the most names we've seen on a poster um, in a long time as Klein gets a kiss goodbye from his love. I do. I don't know if this is a video product, but. Well, that that is now. There, there's your now. social media breakout for, for this episode. I'll send that video and charge you as much as your videographer did for your wedding. And it's oh. going to be a great time. <laughs> Good. I just paid that bill, man. Jesus. I mean, wow. Videographers are making bank. Pam, I want you to do me a favor. As our leader in this group, I would like for you to tell me, what is this movie about? The synopsis for Eternals. What do we got? I become the leader. First off, you're the podcast. man. It's the knife emoji, man. I feel (laughs) I'm going to let you be a leader. She's threatened her way to the top. It's fine. That, that's how I got into this podcast. I start in my way in, of course. <laughs> but yeah, let's break it down, right? So the official synopsis for Eternals. Marvel Studios Eternals features an exciting new team of superheroes in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Ancient aliens who have been living on Earth in secret for thousands of years. Following the events of Avengers Endgame, an unexpected tragedy forces them out of the shadows to reunite against mankind's most ancient enemy, the Deviants. Okay, that's that was way more ominous than I remember it being. <laughs> like, this and you know this plot's I mean? gonna be knife it, in my tone. Yeah. yeah, no, I mean that that's terrifying. So, um, the synopsis just overall, this is a movie about people protecting Earth from you know uh, unknown force. So that's kind of the base level. That's what I'm telling my wife when we go. Like, you know, she doesn't like knowing too much going in like i could tell her like deep comic book shit and but you know this is a group of people protecting us from something and that's all she wants to know because she wants the movie to teach us what those things are so pam thank you so much for the synopsis guys this is my favorite part of the primer you ready the casting crew we're gonna go through all of these incredible characters this is this is easily the longest list we've had we will try to make it quick it probably won't happen but i'm okay with that Personally, we start with the young wolf himself. Mr. Richard Madden will be playing Icarus, the power of flight, the power of strength, and the power of cosmic eye beams, uh, a la Superman. He's the tactical leader of the Eternals. Uh, Pam, I want to go to you first. Icarus, you know, what are we thinking from the Eternals leading man? You know, I don't think, 
I know he's the leading man, but like, I don't think I've seen enough of him to really get that vibe strong enough. If that makes mm-hmm. any sense. Like he, he seems like he's kind of been behind the scenes. Like, I'm really curious to see like what he's been doing since as we can, as we've seen from Charles and stuff, like the team kind of went their separate ways. Cause we've gotten hints at like where Cersei was, but like what happened to him, you know, like, so I don't know. I feel like he's, I don't know if I want to call him a wild card almost, but like, I feel like he might kind of surprise us somehow. And I don't know, <laughs> but that's what I'm really enjoying about his character. I feel like he's shy, but he's going to snap at some point. Stealing words out of my mouth. I love all that. It's interesting. He definitely owns screen time in these trailers, without a doubt. If you follow the money, he is a leading man just based on how much they're promoting him. Liam, Richard Madden, what do we think of the actor and what do we think of the character he's going to bring? I don't know who Liam is, but uh, I, Klein, like I said, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, what ha- I'm, hold on, I got to explain myself. What okay. happens is you're in the top left here. And usually when we have a guest, they're in the bottom. So I just kind of focus on the guests when we're here talking. And I don't even look in the top left ever. And you kind of look like Liam a little bit. So um, uh, I'll Klein. take it. I'll take it. Klein, Icarus, what are we thinking? <laughs> I'm excited to see what Richard Madden brings again. I'm going to reiterate kind of what Pam said. He is, does feel like a bit of a wild card. We're seeing a lot of him in these trailers, but I still don't know if I a hundred percent know where his head's at, know what his motivation is. We've seen quotes from some of these other characters about them kind of explaining their character a little more. Richard Madden has been a little quiet about that. I do feel like by the end of this movie, we're going to come out and go, man, Richard Madden killed that. Like, I feel like he could be the biggest, not the biggest surprise of this whole thing, but I don't know if when people think Richard Madden, because we only really know him from Game of Thrones, I don't think when people think of him, they think leading man right away. But I think we're going to come out of this movie and go, yeah, that dude's a that dude could be a freaking Avenger. Like that guy could lead and lead a movie like this. So I'm excited to see. I'm excited to see where his character goes. Um, I want to see what they do with him and Cersei, like what that relationship, how at the time the movie, I guess time in the movie means a lot because it takes place over whatever, 7,000 years. <laughs> but when in the action that takes place post Avengers Endgame, I want to see what sort of the relationship they're in. I feel like Chloe Zhao isn't just going to have them be in love the whole time. I think there's going to be some sort of tension there, something like that. Uh, so yeah, I'm excited to see what what Icarus does in this. And how how deeply do they, for all the characters, how deeply do they dive into the 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 mythological kind of sense of it. Like right. Icarus is a character in on earth uh, in Greek mythology kind of things. And this is in the comics, at least Icarus, the character is based mm-hmm. or the Icarus, the mytholo- mythological character is based on Icarus, the eternal. Right. So do, do we get some of that? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's, I think, I think it's going to be cool. I think he rises up by the end of this movie and everyone goes, Oh my God, this guy's a movie star. Sure. And, and that concept of, you know, all these characters being based on, you know, loosely based on Greek mythology and all these different mythology things that we've seen, Icarus being probably the most prime example, along with Macri, Cersei, etc. Um, we've seen that before in the MCU. You know, you remember Thor 1, you know, they put us in their stories. They considered us legends. And, you know, uh, Thor used to be a myth. Now I study him in my science class. And, you know, that's that's really embedded in us as MCU fans that, you know, there's probably a reason for all these stories because they might all be true. Um, I'm excited to see Richard Madden as well. I think he's going to have that 
in front of the other Eternals, he'll act one way, but behind the scenes, he's going through it a little bit. I think he's got the most room for character development in this based on what we think his screen time is going to be and how little we know about him as a personality, really, which is going to be really exciting to figure out. Um, maybe a little comedy chops coming out of Richard Madden as well. You know, I don't, I don't know. I don't no? know. Feel, I don't Not know. It? He, I think <laughs> right. he, I think he will get a couple lines, but I don't think he's going to be. It's going to be really pull interesting. Pulling punch lines like Kumail will be or something. Exactly. The comedy count in this movie is going to be really interesting to see who all they play with, especially when Guardians, obviously everybody gets one or two, um, you know, good ones every act. Um, you know, you got the Drax, you got the uh, Quills owning the movie, but, you know, Gamora's funny in that movie. Rocket's funny in that movie. Groot's funny in that movie. So um, it'll be interesting. Jimmy Chan as Cersei. Um, I've only seen her in Crazy Rich Asians, and I watched that on a cruise. And what that means is I watched 30 minute segments of it all the time that week, totally out of order. So I don't know what that movie's about, but she is awesome in it. She's stunning in it. Everybody in that movie is gorgeous. Um, and uh, she's going to be playing seriously. I'm going to call her the leading woman of this movie. Um, I definitely think, you know, back to the screen time argument, she's definitely present um, in these trailers. Her power is matter manipulation, um, reality stone type stuff, I think. And um, she's the humanitarian is what I wrote down. She loves us as people, humans of Earth. You know, she's uh, the sympathizer. She's the liaison um, for Earth, so to speak. Klein, Jimmy Chan is Cersei. What do we think that she's going to bring to the table, um, you know, in this movie? Well, she's going to be the I don't know 100 percent how many of the Eternals are going to be. I mean, they've stuck around Earth for a long time, but are going to be 100 percent on board with humanity as a concept. And I think that she is going to be kind of that ground. She's going to be the closest connect that I think the audience has to these weird abstract beings that are the Eternals. Uh, she's the the lover, the caretaker, um, that sort of thing. So I, I'm excited to see where she goes with that. And I think Gemma Chan's going to bring, she brings that in spades. So it'll be, it'll be cool to see her um, to do that. Also her powers... I want to see how they do that on screen, the weird atom molecule manipulation, essentially. So it's reality stone down to the molecular level, which is kind of neat. And I feel like I feel like the crew behind it could do some cool visual kind of stuff similar to some of the weird. Whoa, I've never seen that moments that we saw in like Shang-Chi. I think we could have a few of those with her specifically here. Right. Pam, are we excited for Jimmy Chan to kind of lead the way here? You know, um, seemingly from a narrative standpoint, she's going to kind of be the one, you know, telling the story of why we do this, you know, a little bit only to face controversy, of course, down the line. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm definitely excited. You know what I was thinking about recently with her character was, um, you know, now that we've heard that, you know, she loves humans, right? She believes in the human race, so to say. It was giving me really big watcher vibes from what if because he kind of had same thing where he like loves watching the humans and like that whole like the finale with him watching Clinton that was like you know you're the ones who like always make it through and I'm like I don't know I, I mean not that I think there's going to be some huge tie into what if here but it's just like same vibes right yeah so uh I'm definitely excited to see that side of her I'm excited to see the free spirit side of her as well that's been very heavily like that seems to be her her go-to phrase when people ask her about a character like I always associate like Paul Bettany with bonkers and now I have Gemma Chan with like free spirit Hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> and i think in the trailers and stuff like we haven't seen i mean like she's very gentle she's mm. very elegant but like i really want to see that free spirit like if she's just joyful with life and the people she loves and whatnot and 
I'm excited to see the sort of maybe hero role she's really going to take in this if she is our leading woman, you know, uh, opposite Icarus. So I, and then, you know, like we've had her in the MCU before, obviously with a much, much uh, short lived role. And, you know, Minerva was, you know, a little cocky and stuff, definitely different. But uh, <laughs> no, yeah, I'm super hyped to see her. And she was great. And I love Crazy Rich Asians. So I recommend watching it in its linear <laughs> path yeah. if you get the chance. I watched, I watched the uh, machete cut of uh, Crazy Rich Asians. It was a good time. Um, Jim and Chan, seriously, I'm looking for chemistry. Uh, not chemistry, I'm sorry, charisma out of her a little bit. I think, you know, that can really help, you know, carry the weight of her character a little bit, you know, and, uh, you know, I want to I buy in early with her because I know she's going to be playing a through line kind of role. I'm really excited about that. Um, sorry. <clears throat> Salma Hayek, the legend Salma Hayek. If you've never seen uh, uh, 30 Rock, Salma Hayek's really funny at 30 Rock uh, for a season or two. And I like um, that's where you go when you think Salma <laughs> <laughs> I, I know she's been in so many other things, but for whatever reason, I just love her in 30 Rock with Alec Baldwin. Um, so Salma Hayek plays Ajak, uh, the spiritual leader of the Eternals. Her powers are healing, but most importantly, and this is kind of Ajak's big thing in the comics, um, she can communicate with the Celestials beings we will get into later, but she is the, you know, the middleman between the Celestials and the Eternals who follow the Celestials. Lot of power in her hands, Pam. Salma Hayek's coming in. She's got a crown. She's wearing a cowboy hat at some point, which is very awesome. And a lot of different things. Where do we think she plays into this entire, you know, kind of story, you know, as the leader of the Eternals, at least from a more matronly kind of standpoint? Well, you mentioned, obviously, how she's the one in contact with the Celestials, right? And it makes me wonder in the back of my head if she's going to be, if she's going to turn at some point, yep. like, you know, and I, I maybe that's not too surprising because, you know, the whole concept is the Eternals never interfered because the Celestials were like, you can't unless, you know, deviants, deviants are involved. And it seems like it's kind of weighing on their conscience a little bit like, yikes, maybe we should have prevented this war or whatever. And like, I don't know. I'm, I'm like, I'm really thinking that she might she might turn it and maybe not that she wants to, but maybe she's so committed to the Celestials that. But other than that, as her as like the, you know, the overall mother figure, I've definitely that's definitely been a strong presence with what we've seen with her and whatnot and it seems like she's the one that's gonna bring this call to bring everyone back like we've got to get every got to get the band back together my favorite um, scene in any movie <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm, and, and, and it's crazy like i'm even excited for it in this movie even though we don't know these characters i'm sure we're gonna get like the origins and stuff and then see them all come back together but god it's so it's so it's so thrilling every time yeah. No, but like definitely excited. And I, yeah, I, I also think she kind of like has once again, that wild card uh, stance where maybe by the end of the movie, she's a, uh, she might be on the other side of things. Who knows? Absolutely. She is my wild card pick. You know, you guys were putting it on Icarus. I think Salma Hayek as uh, Ajak is my wild card here. Um, Klein, are we excited about Salma Hayek? She seems to be bringing a lot of the exposition in this yeah. you know what i mean she she's probably going to be our vehicle to know what's going on love that because salma hayek's got that voice that intoxicating voice that you hear um and it's i think that's she's going to be a big part of the first act getting the audience caught up to speed with what's going on she even does the little snap in the theaters which is great yeah i think that she's as you said she's gonna be kind of our exposition vehicle at least for the beginning because they've got a lot of ground to cover and she kind of seems like the most the matriarchy the 
the the storyteller i'll i'll say like she's the keeper of knowledge uh because she is that link between the celestials Uh, i think that she's going to be kind of i guess the initiating incident she will be closely involved with the thing that kind of gets gets the ball rolling because she is the one that they've said it in the trailer she's the one that feels that the change in energy when the when the snap happens and as she she goes to icarus and says like dude like we got we got seven days until everything goes to shit. So, mm-hmm. um, so I think that I don't know. I don't know if I can see her flipping like Pam says, simply because I think that they need that celestial connect the whole time. Um, and even though she isn't the leader, or is I don't know, but she's uh, she. They, I think she'll stay as that matriarchy motherly figure the whole time. Uh, I don't know if she makes it out of this movie. Is the only thing. I don't, I, I can, if one of them's going to bite the dust, I can see Selma Hayek's either Selma Hayek or Angelina just contract wise. I can see them signing on for one movie and, and, and getting out of there. So I don't know how she goes, but I think she does not make it in the end. What a wild character, you know, she's got amazing, uh, you know, heel turn appeal, you know, but when you're the one telling the story, you are perfect to set up the audience for a big twist they never saw coming because Salma Hayek's the one that told us all of this. She can't be lying. Oh my God, she is kind of thing. But a uh, big turn um, candidate, big death candidate, I think probably sacrificial if anything, Yeah. Um, you know, just to save face on the character, which is really great. Um, moving on, another character you mentioned, another death candidate uh, from a contract standpoint for sure. But um, Angelina Jolie's Thema, she is back man angelina jolie in action movies is an amazing thing for america the world and the galaxy i think it's a really good time when angelina jolie is out there kicking ass um she's the warrior of the eternals and her power is to conjure cosmic weapons and beat the shit out of people with them um klein angelina jolie is thena you know seems to be the badass of the group what are we thinking that uh, she's gonna bring to the table I think that you said badass, but I think there's something else there too. She's a troubled badass in that she's, she's the warrior who's only ever known how to fight and doesn't really know anything else. And I think that this movie is going to dive into that. It's going to peel the layers back. All of these characters, yeah, they fall into archetypes, but they all seem to have something. They have, they have another layer. It goes a little bit deeper than that. And so I'm excited to see. I think that is a cool way to blend Angelina Jolie's talents where you're bringing in the dramatic she can play those nuances as well as the fun Angelina Jolie action star, Laura Croft kicking ass sort of thing. Also huge potential here for just wow special effects moments with her conjuring the, the gold weapons and everything. I think that think she, I think she'll have a couple fight scenes that make you go, holy, holy crap, that is awesome. Um, yeah. But she's going to be she's going to be very interesting to see. And I want to see kind of. I mean, she's almost for me of all of them, the one I want to see where she shows up in history. Like, was she there during World War II, maybe elsewhere from Captain America sort of thing? Was she like, because she is a warrior and she's always been looking for the fight. So where was she throughout all this time? And would she just be sitting there doing nothing? Because I don't think she would be. Yeah, what does a warrior do without war? It's really, exactly. It's a really exciting thing. That's the money shot from the trailer, Pam. You know, the the sword on her chin. She's just kind of like, bring it on. You know, I'm here. Um, are we excited for Angelina? Are we excited for Thena? Um, you know, like it, she she's definitely one of the biggest names here on that list. 
Oh, hell yeah. I, I think Thena is going to be potentially our most layered character because like we said, we you know, she's going through the PTSD. And as we recently found out, she has that, um, oh, I don't know how to pronounce the name and I can barely see it in my head, but that memory loss because she's lived so long. Like there's that specific Eternals disease. Mm-hmm. Um, she's also going through that and she's kind of been sheltered away with, I believe it's Gilgamesh for a bit and like I, th- she's really going through it, like really going through it. And I mean, I'm not surprised they gave her all that because it's Angelina Jolie. And if anyone's going to really show that depth, it's her. Um, but I'm excited. It, it makes me even more excited to see like sort of her redemption arc in the movie. Like she's probably going to have that grand moment in the finale where she snaps back into it and just who knows what she'll conjure up. Also, I think her power is honestly the coolest. Like she just makes what? Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. She coolest power. Makes- I, I, I mean, I'm like, she just makes a weapon, like, and yeah. pretty weapons too. Like, yeah, love the aesthetic. But like, the, the way that they, the way the, they appear is just like, I don't know why they, it just looks cooler than anything I've ever seen. Like, it's not like she's just like, oh, a sword is just like falling out of her hand or whatever. Like, just the way that she, it's almost ballet like the way that she moves her arms and then just, oh, now there's a golden spear and now she's going to just wreck shop it's uh yeah she's her powers look really cool so far you think about wanda um she worked like her and one of the stunt coordinators that have been on all the movies and shows with her like they've worked closely on the hand movements for her conjuring spells for almost a decade now you know what i mean like that is a perfected craft by her and her stunt coordinator jolie seems to have a signature you know fight style that's one of the coolest things about the mcu is the signature fight styles you know you look at bucky and black widow two completely you know different characters but at the end of the day hand to hand better at fighting than you are and that's how they win um, but bucky is brute bucky is big shots bucky is you know out of nowhere left hook black widow's crawling all over people and throwing them out of nowhere and the hurricane ranas and the kickflips it's the styles of each of these characters i think is going to be super important and i cannot wait to see it fleshed out individually and then brought together obviously for those big video game combo sequences that we all love um we are going to move on to um fasos brian tyree henry of atlanta fame um this guy is an incredible actor um i've watched the first two seasons of atlanta i dropped off in he's fantastic though and um i'm really excited to see him bring kind of uh you know kind of an umph to this uh you know this cast as far as just like he seems intense fastos does and um, i'm excited to see that happen he's a technopath that's the coolest power just by name alone technopath i think that's dope he can control technology with his cosmic energy and he's kind of the strategist the tech guy for the eternals client um are we excited about fastos um um you know bringing a you know an edgier kind of smart guy onto the team you know this isn't the go get him bruce banner this is this guy seems to have a little more of a you know edge to him yeah, this is he's the he's the Leonardo if we're talking about Ninja Turtles here. Like he's <laughs> he makes the stuff. And yeah, I'm more I don't know if I'm like every team needs the brain, every team needs the guy building the tech and everything. I'm more excited to see what Brian Tyree Henry or yeah, Brian Tyree Henry does with this. Not the first time he's played a Marvel character was uh in Spider-Verse as as uh Jefferson Davis in there. Um and I think that mm-hmm. he he brings a lot of these actors, we've said it a few times, bring a lot of nuance to their performances, a lot of depth to their performances. And so I don't think this is just going to be a tech guy. I don't think this is just going to be the genius of the group. I, he, I think, also is dealing with some some, some shit, whether it's 
legacy or whatever. Um, but I'm excited to see where that goes. Um, yeah. Pam, here's our family character. You know, uh, he's the one that has the family, someone to fight, fight for back home. You know, um, what do you think Fastos brings to the table? My only comment about him, the only oh. thing I'll say, <laughs> that sounded way too serious. Sorry. I'm not gonna <laughs> him, I swear. My only comment is, is he going to be a better technopath than Gwen Grayson from Sky High? Because that is some very wow. big shoes to fill. That's a cut. <laughs> I'm, I'm obsessed with this. Film. I haven't so heard I'm the word Sky High muttered in maybe 17 years. It's a long time. <laughs> Right here on the direct podcast, it has been uttered. We did it. (laughs) (laughs) That is my only yeah. (laughs) All right, hey, and you know what, Pam? The as soon as this movie comes out, and as soon as I know you've seen it, I'm texting you and I'm asking you that question: How did Fastos do with the Sky High comp? And you know the the multiverse is a thing now, so Sky High could be a part of the MCU very fast if if that's that's what if that's what they want. Is Sky High better than Venom? Let there be carnage. People are wondering. (laughs) People are asking the question. Um, Let's move on. Let's start ping pong in a little bit. Um, Klein, we're going to start with you, Camille Nanjiani. Oh my got god! Big bro, got that Disney workout. You know what they I'm saying? They had to tell him that they had to tell him to stop working yeah, out because he yeah, was getting too big. Too big. Stop! You're too good at this. Um, Camille Nanjiani, the comedian turned Marvel hero, the Chris Pratt of 2021. Um, you love to see it. You know, obviously somebody we all love from different comedic roles. Uh, the Big Sick. If you haven't seen it, he's a Cubs fan. It's dope. Um, Camille Nanjiani as Kingo, the 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 sharpshooter, the projectile guy, the gun guy, but with the cosmic energy. And a Bollywood star, the, exactly, uh, the, yeah. the hubris of the of the team. What are we What are we looking for out of Camille Nanjiani here? He, if we, if uh, if Brian Tyree Henry was the Leonardo of the group, this is the Michelangelo yeah, of the group. He's yeah. going to be the funny guy. <laughs> Honestly, the only thing I'm really looking forward. To, I mean, I'm looking forward to all the funny. I, I like Kumail's hilarious. He's going to be hilarious in this movie. I cannot wait to see mcu bollywood for some weird reason like that whole that whatever i want i hope it's like a four minute five minute sequence where we really get something sizable and it's like man mcu bollywood is here um and so yeah i'm honestly just really looking forward to see him doing some bollywood dancing and and having fun he's gonna he's gonna have some lines in this that kill that just like the theater is just just cackling at so i i i'm Kumail's probably highest on the list for me of who I'm excited to see in a franchise and excited to see him going forward. Hopefully. I mean, you never know in these kind of movies, who's, who's going to bite the dust and if anyone, uh, but he's one of the people that I'm most excited to see interact with other Marvel heroes. Sure. Um, you know, and the comedic character, always the sneaky play for, Oh my God, I care at the very end. You know what I mean? Like that last second emotion, very Marvel, very standard. Um, Pam, I'm going to go to you with Lauren Ridloff as Makari. I think one of my most anticipated characters because of that one gif of her doing the leap in super speed, like the incredible Hulk. I've never been more excited for a scene, an action scene than that sprint through vibe. I think it's going to be absolutely incredible. Lauren Ridloff as Makari, the speedster, supposedly scouting planets for the Eternals. I don't know what that means. Got Solar Surfer vibes all over it, though. Pam, are we excited for Lauren Ridloff to make her MCU debut off The Walking Dead fame? Yes, because I was going to say, I watched her on The Walking Dead before because I was a Walking Dead fan, and I, I was so excited when I saw she got cast in this. And I want to also say that I had the pleasure of editing your article you recently did about you know her you know, her versus Quicksilver versus other mm-hmm. comic speedsters. And like reading that article, I like it drew my hype up a lot. Yeah. 
And no, I'm, I'm so excited. And obviously she's a big part also of bringing this new push for representation and diversity into the MCU, quite obviously with, with her being deaf. So, and, and on a, on a character level, I'm really excited to see this sort of relationship she has with Druig, right? Like, cause that's starting mm-hmm. little tidbits about that have been starting to come out and like, there's been very, very little hints. And I'm like, what's, what's going on there? Cause like, we know about, you know, we know about Cersei and Icarus, but we've got maybe another kind of romance brewing a little bit. Mm-hmm. So rotation, whatever you want to call it. Um, no, but I'd be a little I, more fun on their side. You know what I mean? Yeah, they seem to be having a little yeah. more fun with it. No yeah. commitment. It was just strictly yeah. casual. Every thousand years we call each other. <laughs> No, but I also think she's going to have a lot of, I can see her having a lot of really nice emotional moments in this movie as well. Like she's going to be fun. She's going to be funny, but then I think she's really going to bring us into some really heartfelt stuff as well. So we're going to get, I think we're just going to get the best of all of the worlds with her as an actress and her character. Yeah. It's going to be really interesting. Um, uh, The scene of her reading the book really quickly um and obviously speed reading i love that because like her speed isn't just running fast like she's fast and everything and a power that i learned of her writing that article pam when she takes off she sets off a sonic boom every time she speeds away but because she's deaf it doesn't affect her but people around her she's got a blast radius like Mm -hmm. imagine this was a video game that'd be the dopest move you know just to get the hell out of there and leave everybody in your dust like pikachu and smash brothers it's sick think Um, about that the first time you hear it in a theater if that happens in this uh, movie like it's completely silent you just hear like come through imax speakers oh my god yeah I hope that happens for sure. Uh, Barry Cogan comes in as Druid Klein, the mind control guy, the Eternals extremist. If Cersei yeah. is the one fighting for us, um, Druid is the one saying, why do we care so much about these humans? And he's, you know, he's the one on edge. And I kind of like that, uh, you know, Pam mentioned her, him and Makari might have a little bit of relationship because Druid needs one member on the team to make a decision. You know, yep. the on the fence character. Makari seems to be playing that. So are we excited about the very I'll say it creepy presence of uh, Druig in these trailers so far. Yeah, I think, and I think he is going to be very creepy throughout the movie. He's the one that, at least on the page, he's the, he's the eternal who wants to inflict pain and is, he, he doesn't really have the rules. And I liked when Pam was talking about Makari, she talked about how she could have some emotional moments. I think that Druig is going to be directly related to those emotional moments. Cause I think he is going to, go too far i think that he is he's going to be the one that crosses the line and steps away from the team uh and he just he looks creepy as hell i like it's i don't know what it is about barry uh i can never pronounce his last name kyo kyo kyohan he kogan is what i've been saying kogan okay barry kogan he's he's a great actor i loved him in dunkirk he was awesome in dunkirk and i think he's gonna bring this kind of creepiness and steadfast just plain performance to this that will be very if affecting i think on audiences menacing is the word i'm tagging yeah. to his character um the last two on this list guys at least for the eternals team the most unknown characters so just real quick going back we've every single actor we've touched on has some sort of fandom somewhere out there you know rather be on tv or hbo even which is a different kind of tv fandom movies whatever it might be don lee plays gilgamesh the uh the 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 powerful guy the brute of the team uh pam uh he seems to be somewhat of a protector um of the team here especially with angelina jolie are we excited to see what don lee brings to the table because this guy looks big like 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 big big you know what i'm saying like that's a big guy 
I mean, he literally, I remember I was watching recovery. He, he basically said, he's, he's the punch. Like he's mm-hmm. got the punch. And like you Love said, it. he seems to be very closely tied to Athena, like kind of, you know, helping her through her issues and they're together. So no, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm excited for, it's not like there's any of them. I'm not excited for sure, another sure, sure. boring, but like, I'm, I'm very curious to see like how much of a presence he's going to have, which is juggling all these characters and all that. And yeah, just seeing how we, uh, how he really steps up to the plate, because while obviously he's going to probably end up coming back into the fray with Thena, with everyone else. And, you know, how, how many people can he protect? And I, and now that I even think about it, it's their whole thing about, you know, we, we can only intervene when told so, or when deviants are involved. I really wonder if like, if he is this protector character, if it's been weighing on him so badly that he can't go out and protect the humans. And so I'm sure they all, all the Eternals resonate with the humans on some level. So he might be also be dealing with a lot of regret. Who knows? And that really puts him and Thena in a good boat together. You know, more, uh, Thena, you know, she wants to get into the fight because she loves the fight. And uh, it looks like Gilgamesh might want to get into the fight because he loves protecting people. And that you can see them kind of teaming up together in that side. Um, you can see kind of teams forming, you know, throughout this, you know, the eternal civil war. Does it happen in this movie? Do we get a Batman versus Superman situation? Um, the last one on the list for the Eternals, Laura, Laura Mahew plays Sprite, um, uh, the illusionist of the group, the Loki essentially uh, kind of character. Um, the interesting thing about her, she's trapped in the body of a 12 year old girl. Boom. There you go. If it, if it, was, if it wasn't interesting enough, uh, we now have a child on the team. And, uh, you know, she seems to be playing, uh, you know, a fun role uh, in this one. And um, I'm excited to see what she does with those powers, Glenn. Yeah, she's going to be the she's going to be the I, I want to all say like similar Shazam vibes, but opposite. Like Love it. she's going to she's going to be this elderly thousand year old person who is eternally stuck. No pun intended there. Ah. Uh, <laughs> um eternally stuck in the body of of a child um so i think i think they could have a lot of fun with that i think that's where marvel they have characters like that and they go oh my gosh i can't wait to write for something like that uh and they've had success doing similar kind of not similar kind of gags but you can you can see where it's going right you can see where there's going to be funny moments and that sort of thing with her i don't know doing something that an elderly or not a thousand year old person would, but and a grown adult would, but is 12 yeah. years old. So yeah. uh, whether it's drinking or driving or doing whatever. Exactly. So like you can see where the, you can see where the jokes are going to come in and she's going to be another one of those um, comic, comic relief kind of characters, I think. I think enough charisma to keep us through all this exploration we're bound to get with 10 characters. You know what I mean? We need, we need interesting characters, obviously, but a handful of them being charismatic or a handful of them being, you know, somebody we love watching a Downey Jr. type thing, you know, it's going to help us get through that a little bit as an audience. I think Chloe Zhao is going to do a good job. Um, Real quick guys. I want to talk about Kit Harrington. Um, I'm just going to give background knowledge on these next three and ask you guys if you have any comments. Um, Kit Harrington, obviously we all know Kit Harrington. He knows nothing. He's the worst military strategist of all time, but damn it, he can swing a sword. Um, obviously from Game of Thrones fame, he plays Dane Whitman. Um, in the future, Dane Whitman will become the, bl- the Black Knight. Uh, that's something we'll probably talk more about after this movie um, because it's come out that he's not going to get the Ebony Sword in this one. Um, we've talked about the Celestials so far. The Celestials are these omnipotent beings who kind of create the universe a little bit. Comic books, guys. Here we are. Um, we've seen them in Guardians. Uh, they, uh, where is it? Nowhere. Uh, nowhere where the collector handles his business. The floating head of a Celestial. 
dope. Um, and so in the comics, anyway, the Celestials came to Earth and created three species, Eternals, humans and deviants. Humans are the center. Eternals are the best of us. And the deviants are the worst of us. And the idea is that the Eternals protect us from the deviants. We know nothing about the deviants from the trailers at all, but we do know they are monster characters. So that's really cool. A little bit of a monster movie in the MCU, something we haven't really gotten except for, you know, tidbits of Guardians, I guess. Um and then, uh, so yeah, it seems to just be a yin and yang battle for all time. You know, what's going to happen, guys? Do you have anything, you know, any extraneous thoughts about these supporting characters, Pam? With the peace. Um, so, with the, I was just, that's my hand raises. I love it. My default. Deviants, you know, we're getting crow. It's a crow. 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 He looks dope. Yeah. And, um, you know, there's comic history between him and Thena, and we've we've seen him kind of <laughs> like wrapping her up in the yeah. in the trailer, and I'm like, whoa. Yeah. Um, he, and I can't. You know, I've been thinking. I'm like, is he our villain? Like, is he the 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 big bad? You know, who is the big bad of this movie? And it, I feel like it's. I actually almost. I remember when I first saw the trailer for Eternals, I thought it was um, Druig. Yeah. <laughs> like me I, too. I, I thought he was the villain and I'm like, I mean, who knows which way he could turn? Uh, I don't know. Mm. But uh, now I'm like, well, I guess it's Crow, but I don't know. It's just with these Marvel movies, I feel like they surprise me a lot. And I'm like, maybe there's just, there's maybe it's, maybe it's Kit Harrington. Maybe it's Dan Whitman. Maybe he's the villain. He would never. Imagine though. He would never. I would I would riot. You do not do that to Kit Harrington. He's got the biggest baby face in Hollywood. You can't make him the bad guy. What is this? Maybe they manip- maybe the deviants get to him and they manipulate him. Who That'd knows? be something. And 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 you know what? I want to go off that point real quick. Um are the deviants as crow the big bad? I don't think so. Obviously, they're gonna be antagonists in this movie. I think with a druig and maybe this little team of you know rogue eternals with Makari, Thena, Gilgamesh, all candidates to agree with Druig more than Salma Hayek. You know what I mean? Like those, at least from what we know, they all have opportunity to do that. Um, I think the Deviant's Crow specifically could be that push, the influence on a Druig to kind of get the big heel turn. And, you know, a team of Deviants with one Eternal on their side, is that enough? And it sounds like it could be, especially with somebody as powerful as the mind-controlling Druig. Uh, Klein, do you have anything on uh, Kit Harrington or the Celestials? I'm so excited for Kit to just be in the just to be in the MCU like I think that a lot of those people that we fell in love with on Game of Thrones haven't necessarily gotten their due after Game of Thrones like a lot of them for us will forever just be those characters and Kit Harrington was one of those people that I'm like I just want this guy to be more than that I want I want the best for Kit a kid if you're hearing me I want the best for you and <laughs> and I'm excited to see because it, it's they're setting him up to be to, to be something that's going to last in the MCU right. for a very long time. And uh, I'm excited to see that. I'm excited to have him in this universe that I love. It's a, it's a, an actor I love playing off of and playing characters they love. It's just, it's a, the best of both worlds. So I'm excited to see him on a forward basis. I don't know how much in this movie we're going to fall in love. We might fall in love with the character, but I don't think they're going to give us the goods necessarily. Mm-hmm. Uh, as he said, he's not getting the ebony sword, which sucks uh as much because i just i just want to see the armor i want to see i love mcu costumes i want to see what they do with his armor i want to see what they do with with that look so it's gotta be yeah. a leather jacket right <laughs> yeah it's gotta be a leather jacket um yeah i think a huge post post credit candidate kit harrington yeah oh um, yeah probably, oh easily, yeah. i think easily the leading candidate for post credit um also this is really interesting casting this might be 
help me if I'm wrong. I could be wrong here, but like this might be investing now to pay off later kind of thing. Like, like the ultimate Disney plus spinoff character. Um, and you know, uh, I don't remember the actress's name that played Zhao Ling in uh, Shang-Chi, but you know, she, she is getting that Disney spin Disney plus spinoff treatment, you know, after being in Shang-Chi in a supporting role, like a true supporting role. Um, so I think Kit Harrington in an even smaller role could surprise people. Oh, did new Disney plus show, by the way, Jon Snow's in it. Like, and then, and then you go back, look at Eternals. It's a big, big thing there. The only thing I'll say about the Celestials, when you feel they're about to come on screen, take a big, deep breath because these things are going to be huge, colorful, extravagant. This, I hope, I really hope this is the Jack Kirby tribute. Um, in the MCU that really shines through here because Kirby's been on record. These are some of his favorite characters he's ever made. Um, Celestials being one of them. If you've never seen them in the comics, they are, it's like you're looking at an abstract painting on the page until you really look into it and see the intricacies of what's going on. I think we get that vibe here, which is very exciting. Um, a character, a, a group of characters who have been in this universe since 2014, Celestials, like, like the Infinity War exploration video, that's a celestial, and we're finally gonna get some payoff here. That's awesome. This universe kicks ass. I, I, no more negative comments. The rest of the show, just made that proclamation, everybody. Okay, just kidding, of course. Um, really interesting. No returning characters in the trailer footage. Nothing to you know pop. You know, nothing to bring that Wong abomination, Doctor Strange vibe into the trailer. Do, do you think we during the runtime? Do you think we see anybody that we have seen in the MCU before, or someone recognizable? Not like the Celestials. We know they're in it. I mean, an actor that we know. I don't. I think we see things. I think we see locations. I think we see objects. I think we see hints at things that we know, not so much an actor or a character, because this is such a big scale movie and spanning across so many years. Focus. I, I can't think of what one person they would focus on that would be affected by anything. You know, Tony Stark, Captain America, all these different things. So I think we see things in places. Pam? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm with you. Things like just imagery Natasha? or or like... You know, like, I mean, we've seen in the trailers, like, you know, we've got a couple of name drops, the Avengers Assemble, and uh, now that Iron Man and Captain America are gone, you know, like little, little nods, but this movie, you know, they it's, it's on its own and it seems to be special on its own. So I don't think they're going to go with that. We've got to have these big names or big people show up to really get people to come to it. I, I think it's really going to do its job and standing on its own and doesn't need those other major MCU tie-ins to make it relevant. I would have sure. said I would have said the same thing before I had seen Shang Chi, and you the the Wong moment in Shang Chi during the movie where it's just in and out. He's like just he's there for a few, maybe even has less than a minute of screen time total, probably in that little scene there. I think we might get something like that, but I don't think we get somebody joining the team or sticking around for an extended period of time because uh, I I think that I don't know I think they're too. I think Marvel's too invested at this point to not have something. Mm -hmm. um, we will be going through spanning across earth throughout the years. And you know, that always has opportunity for, okay, what characters were alive back then that we might know of? Obviously cap only a hundred or so years. Carol, you know, was in her like twenties or thirties in the nineties. So she goes back to maybe like the seventies. Um, so probably not her. Maybe Thor. I mean, you know, we're going to get some space stuff, so you never know. But Thor be, Thor be a good one or any Asgardian Thor character, I guess. Um, oh, Korg. Imagine. Um, <laughs> and Meek? What about... 
it hot take. You know, I don't believe this is going to happen. Expectations, WandaVision, all that stuff. Wolverine, you know, like it's not, <laughs> it's, not, it's, not it's, it's not the craziest idea, right? Like, you know, no, I'm, I'm, I'm alone on this. All right. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. I've already, yeah. I've already hurt myself here. Um, uh, who is the aerospace engineer? Liam, I want to ask you really quickly about Chloe Zhao. For those uneducated, tell us why Chloe Zhao is perfect for this movie. So a lot of Liam again, you call me Liam again. Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, The thing about Chloe is like a lot of people didn't really have her on their radar, including most of Hollywood until Nomadland. Uh, But she is perfect for making a movie like this. We've talked about um, Eternals in it's going to be a pretty abstract movie. They're covering a lot of time. Eternals as a concept are pretty abstract. Celestials are pretty abstract. Chloe is very good at taking these abstract concepts. Uh, She's done it before with grief and identity and humanizing it and bringing it down. She's very good at telling these very, very small stories on a, that feel bigger than they necessarily are that whether it's by cinematography or the way the characters interact, something else that I think is going to be very interesting to see is all of her movies up to this point have done very good jobs at telling stories of self-discovery. And in, in the last couple of movies that she's done, actually, she features people directly involved in the story who aren't actors. They're real people. And that won't happen here because there are no real superheroes. Uh, however, <laughs> I think that she can translate that, that self-discovery. And we're going to see that in these characters. She wouldn't sign on to a Marvel movie if it was just going to be a simple superhero film. And I don't think this is going to be a simple superhero film. She's a very, very nuanced, very, very multi-level director. And I think that's what we're going to get. This is going to be the most ethereal feeling Marvel movie. I think we're going to ever get unless she makes an Eternals 2 it's going to feel a little bit different it's going to have that Marvel sauce but it's going to look a little different it's going to go just a little bit deeper not to say that the MCU movies MCU products don't go deeper don't deal with real things but I think that I don't know I think this Chloe Zhao hiring as a director bringing in was very intentional intentional on Marvel's part and I think she's I think she's going to kill it I think that she's going to I have no bad things to say about Chloe Zhao. <laughs> doesn't seem like anybody does. And that's, you know, that's the thing. Like nobody seems to be on the fence about Chloe Zhao here. Pam, do you think we walk out of this movie? Do you expect to walk out of this movie thinking that Chloe Zhao may be one of the, you know, biggest winners out of this? So, you know, usually it's the actors, it's the characters, whatever. Is Chloe Zhao a huge winner coming out of this one? Do you think? I mean, from even from just what we've seen in the trailers alone, like some really great shots, like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, that's <laughs> I mean, you said it yourself, no negative comments anymore. But um, yeah, just I remember especially that one shot we got of one of the Celestials in the trailer and that boom that yeah. was with it. Like, I'm just imagining that on the IMAX screen. I feel like I'm going to feel it in my chest and just be like, about to say the oh. same thing. Yes. <laughs> so, and, but even, you know, but apart from that, even just like that, like, you know, Sama on the horse riding in the <laughs> in fields, like, ah, I'm just, I'm excited. And I'm not a big, like artistic movie buff by any means. It's not my realm, but like, even I can still just feel that 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 specialness that special sauce about this movie and there's yeah, there's gonna be a lot of shots from this film that you're gonna see as like twitter banners in yeah. a few weeks <laughs> right like this is gonna be the wallpaper mcu movie yeah that sounds like snyder guys that sounds like ah! snyder i'm just saying it does so um you know i'm 
again, nothing negative to say about Chloe Zhao, though. But like, you know, I, I, I have seen the comps. Like, this is like Snyder Cut done better um, in the MCU, which, you know, I'm always here for. And it's not like I didn't like the idea of the Snyder Cut. I just didn't like how it was executed. I just hope that the cinematography... I, I prefer the cinematography to come second to the story and the plot and the characters. You know what I mean? And I hope that's what we get here. Um, it's going to be int- the pace of this movie is going to be very interesting at 237. That's a long longest. movie, man. Yeah. The second longest, right? Yeah, the second longest. Because Infinity, Infinity War was just below that, yeah. I think, like 232. Yeah, um, yeah. It's, it's only behind Endgame. I think, she, I think that pacing-wise, I think that she's going to do it, again, dealing with these... I think she can deal with the abstract concept of time and make it work. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I think, That's I think there's, the crux. Oh yeah. You know, oh, for jumps. sure. Jumps are going to be big. Um, I'm going to fly through the, you know, the production and promotion of this real quick. It was announced at 2019's comic-con guys. Remember 2019's comic-con. Man. I, was at the mall. I remember, hold up. I was at the mall that night when comic-con, <laughs> I was at the mall shopping for makeup. And I remember being on Twitter, like frantically refreshing and going home and be like, mom, mom. Yeah. That's awesome. Man, that was such a great day. Like the infamous slate now with no correct dates at all. Like like not even kind of close anymore. It's crazy. Um, and then the pitch. The pitch, uh, Kevin Foggy's been on record saying that this was the best movie pitch he had ever heard when Chloe Zhao came to him with his idea. I want to know what you guys think. Um, just real quick, you know, what, what does that mean to you when Kevin Foggy says something like that? Or is this just coach speak where, you know, he's hyping up his talent? I honestly think it's a bit of both. I mean, he's not going to say, yeah, the pitch sucked. So go see our movie. <laughs> yeah. But, <laughs> but that, I though. do, I do think that what Chloe Zhao brought to him was different than anything that they had heard or seen yet. I think that she brought a different idea because uh, this Eternals movie could have been just a different guardians of the galaxy, but we're not getting that. We're yeah. getting a very, very different, very different thing. All right, moving on to the trailers here. Um, it first, the Eternals first premiered in that Return to the Theaters trailer, which my favorite trailer of the year so far, if I'm being completely honest. I mean, Spider-Man was dope, but hearing seeing all those title cards flash mm-hmm. through at the very end of that thing, that was insane. <laughs> um, so they premiered in the Return to the Theaters trailer, and then the teaser trailer came out. That's where we got our Avengers line. That's where we got our first look at the Celestials. Um, and then the official trailer is where they really focused in on Eternals versus Deviants. Some, after the snap, something happened, and now we got to go to work again. Um, guys, what was your favorite trailer moment out of all of the promotion we've seen um, over these past few months, and actually the past year, if you really want to talk about it? Um, Pam? I don't have to think. I don't. That's that's good question. I know. Klein, do you have one? Um, for me, and it's you guys are talking about. Oh, story becomes so for cinematography. I'm (laughs) I I'm a shots guy. I don't know why. I love me some good shots. The shot of the big triangle ship coming out of the mist. Yeah, I'm like I don't care what I don't care what else happens in this movie. I'm there to see this because this look that looks cool as hell. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I don't know why it was that. It's not the characters. It's just that. It's cool. It's a cool looking <laughs> ship. It really looks like a weird cool. like deck of cards with some weird inscriptions on it coming out of the sky. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a comic book movie. And it's okay to like the cool shit that happens. You know what I mean? Like uh, uh, Black Widow was falling out of the sky on top of a building or whatever the <laughs> hell it was. You know what I mean? Like that That wasn't nothing. Um, Pam, do you have a favorite trailer moment you can think of? Um, you know what? You know what I, I thought of was when it was... um. 
Kingo doing his his sniper hands yes. like that. I felt that. I like, <laughs> like that you're... finger guns are canon in the MCU now. Well, also he's yeah. the double fingers too. Like it could just yeah. be one. <laughs> it's good, but he get two in there. <laughs> yeah, that really stood out to me. And um, Cersei turning that the the boss into the the flower petals. Yeah. I think it is. That Very was cool. really stunning to me too. Great moment. My favorite is uh, Jim Chan and Richard Madden. You know, embracing for a kiss throughout time. I think yeah. that that really set the tone for me that like the dual parallel, the dual storyline thing, I think is going to really be an awesome deal here. We've talked a lot about the story um, when talking about the characters, I just realized, and that makes for an efficient podcast. And that is a really awesome thing. Before we move on um, to kind of the story and the plot a little bit, what, what we haven't talked about anyway, um, I do just want to mention, you know, for people who are like, oh, what is this about? What do I need to know going in? Two things. One um they they've said all you need to know going into this movie is that the snap happened avengers endgame happened every the half of the universe went away and iron man well uh bruce banner brought him back that's all you need to know going in so you know as an mcu fan your rewatch i don't think it's really super necessary for this type of movie um it's you know it's coming out in five days so you don't have time anyway but um could you watch the entire mcu in five days like logistically I think the timing works out. Yeah, because there's 20, that's 50. Let's say there's 55 hours of There's got to be more than that. Because with the TV shows. If we're old with the TV shows, see, that throws a wrench into the the, the equation. Yeah. Big fat giant wrench. (laughs) Um, I think you could still do it. It'd be tough. Yeah. (laughs) It'd be be a tough one. You wouldn't enjoy it. (laughs) I don't think you You wouldn't sleep. You wouldn't eat. It just, you would need some sort of elixir, whether it's booze or weed or something like something would need to get you through that. I feel like. Um, so anyway, um, that's what you need to know going in B there have been 46 official comic books with the title eternals on them since 1976. Isn't that crazy? That is nuts. It's bananas. This, this this is probably the lowest, like per capita like ip movie to comic book ip yeah. well not ip because like you look at like watchmen that was one book and they Fair made that but like in the mcu <laughs> at least like yeah. getting their own title movie it's crazy it's wild. less known than the guardians of the galaxy yeah like like and think about what happened uh you remember the greatest movie poster of all time it's the guardians I, of the galaxy poster it says you're welcome at the bottom like i, that, I feel like that's what we're getting the, here. oh yeah i laughed at the oh this movie's gonna star a raccoon in a talking tree there's no way this is gonna work <laughs> uh a man of sign fred oh yeah oh yeah oh, wow. lost that out so much goddamn money now zo saldana just makes all the money <laughs> you know like everyone's money um so Guys, uh, here's parts of the story we haven't really talked about. We've talked about the Eternals, Deviants, and Celestials. Good job, team. The cosmic energy powers we talked about a little bit. I do just want to get your guys' thoughts. The look. We talked about Athena's kind of weaponry. That look, that uh, gold, metallic, almost Greek, wiry kind of look. I'm trying to find a good way to describe it visually. But um, it's, it's got a gold wire kind of vibe. That is an element on every single Eternals power set. So everything that these you know heroes do is powered by this cosmic energy and it's represented by that wire gold frame i think that's one of the coolest things i cannot wait to watch that throughout this i talked about power sets and fight styles how the mcu is so good at defining them magic in the mcu has been a huge thing in 2021 specifically the color of magic i think the color theory behind mcu magic is a really interesting topic that really dives into a lot of different things and this is a whole new brand here it's more physical it's more um, you can hold it almost, you know what I mean? It's got, it's got more utility 
to it than other magic. Um, you know, which power set from these heroes, besides Cena, we talked about her weapon making. What are you most excited to see used visually to represent their powers? Icarus is awesome. Icarus is awesome. Sorry, oh. I just have to come out and say it. I was nice. like, it looks so good. Oh, it does. It looks good. The best superhero movie we've gotten since 78. You mean Superman movie? What I said. You said superhero movie. Hero movie. I was like, Man. whoa. I'm all over the place, guys. Hey. I'm all over the place. Um, best superhero movie since 78. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Superman is my favorite superhero movie of all time. Um, it's a good movie. Um, Klein, do you have a power? You're most- the I-beams are going to be so sick. Yeah, um, I- I'm excited to see the <laughs> I-beams. I'm also excited. I- I'm excited to see Makari uh kind of sprint around and stuff Mm -hmm. i I just i love a good love a good speedster in my superhero lore and i think i think that visualization on screen is always done very creatively and very fun uh so i'm i'm very i'm excited to see that if we can't have can't have quicksilver we can have uh makari absolutely and for a bigger breakdown on speed and superhero movies um go check out an article over there on the direct so another interesting element to this movie that i think is going to be really important is that it spans across space and time a little bit um klein you know we talked about a little bit how chloe's is going to use the time jumps to kind of really help this pacing move forward tell two stories at once something that i don't think we've gotten in a big way in the mcu um we've gotten the star wars three planes of action a lot in the mcu which is my favorite way to tell one of these blockbuster movies is the three planes of action thing. Um, but here, you know, I think they're going to be a little more transparent with it, with the dual storyline. Are you excited to, you know, are you excited to see that interweave? Also, do you think that it's more interweave throughout the movie or do you think we're segmented by the acts? I think we do get a little bit of exposition at the beginning. We see a bunch of like the Mesopotamians, Babylonian. I think we see their influence a little bit, but I do think that after that we get a bunch of, jumping back and forth similar not similar to shang chi but in a similar style where you're kind of maybe we have some sort of plot that's happening seven thousand years ago or over time and you're cutting back and forth getting to a point in the middle almost um Mm -hmm. i guess memento style maybe Uh, but i do think i i don't think it's gonna i don't think one's working backwards and one's working forwards but i think that we're gonna get a lot more jumping back and forth than a lot of people think we are I do mm-hmm. see a lot of conversation that people are thinking this is going to, how are they going to jam 7,000 years in this linear movie and have most of it take place, I guess over seven days is really the, the, the they did give us a so, clock in the trailers. Didn't they? Exactly. So it's like <laughs> 7,000 years up until seven days. I think those seven days are going to be intercut with seven years. And we're going to see kind of maybe as they introduce characters, um, we get kind of a, maybe where they have been somehow, maybe they give a story of where they've been, what they've been doing. And we see it. Um, I'm again, I'm, be interesting. I feel very blind going into this film and I'm very excited about that. Yeah. Do you think we'll get like six title cards throughout the movie to break it up no. into parts? No, I don't. Uh, maybe. I mean, title... who would make a big blockbuster movie with like title cards, cutting it up every 48 minutes. Yeah. You know what I mean, yeah. Yeah. Cause it's just, that's a lot of time to just like jump back and forth. Snyder cut. Um, Get it? It's a Snyder cut joke. I, yeah, I chose. Yeah. I chose to roll right <laughs> past that one. Um, yeah, I think we might get title cards like present day and then location cards. Over many Marvel's years. Move. Yeah. Um, 
I thought when you said title cards to me, I pictured like James Gunn Suicide Squad, like Rat Catcher, and so like <laughs> which is like so a, fun, like though. Kumail jumps on screen and he's dancing to Bollywood music, and it just like it like Kingo Kingo. <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> I think it's going to be really cool to see how she interweaves the two different times. It's also good. Like we talked about it a couple times throughout this podcast. The first 20, 30 minutes of this movie is going to be so exposition heavy. And I think hopefully the best way, because the end of that run, the end of, I guess what the first act would be. Hopefully we meet the characters. And I think that's the payoff for the exposition. Okay. Let's meet this. Let's meet these guys now. And then we move forward. It's going to that moment where it switches from explaining things to the happening you know, like, you know, now the ball is rolling from here forward. I think that's going to be a really interesting, you know, how she handles that with the time jump. And and the, the editing of this movie, I think, is going to be really important for that, too. Uh, you talked about Shang-Chi. You know, every time they went back to Talo, every time they went back to, you know, more of Wu's past, they did play that Talo theme and they gave it that little flute, I guess. I, I, I Almost I, pan flute I was picturing the pan flute a yeah. little bit. But um, it's got, you know, they have that audio uh, you know, cue that we're back here. I wonder what Eternal, uh, Eternals has here. Probably using modern music when we're in modern times. That's probably that's what Marvel kind of does. On the music front, I'm excited. Have you seen the soundtrack listing for this movie? I'm excited to see like like let's Pink Floyd's time is in this, which yeah. is such a such a weird cut that I'm excited to see in there. Some BTS is in it. Like I'm mm-hmm. I'm interested to see where these needle drops happen. Um, if we get some montage of seven thousand years to Pink Floyd's time, like how I mean, I, that yeah. just sounds that, that sounds sick. That sounds <laughs> yeah. like a like a nineteen seventies acid trip, but it sounds yeah. cool as hell. When I wrote the article, I did say like "Time" by Pink Floyd is the, like the ultimate montage song for this type of movie. I feel like you know I think it's gonna be really cool. Um, the last thing you know, just from a story plot wise that we didn't talk about. Um, the relationship that this has been touted as like the first MCU love story. Um, you know, like obviously there's been romances and love stories in the past, which have all been really great. But this one I think is more centered around a love story between Cersei and Icarus. Um, you know, Klein, are, are we expecting, I guess the question is like a plot B plot. This is probably our main B plot. Do you think it's a, do you think it's more of like a 60 40 kind of split when it comes to like screen time and how much time we spend on each? Or do you think it's even closer to 50 50 or further away? I think it's, I think this relationship is going to be deeply intrinsically tied to the plot itself. Uh, so it's going to be B plot that, that f- not feels like a plot because there's, there's pretty big conflict happening that, ab- above this love story. But I do think it is going to be a very 50 50 split. I think that that's, that's Chloe Zhao likes these personal stories and that's how she's going to make this personal with all these sci-fi CGI monsters running around and deviants. Um, I think that she can humanize it a little bit with this love story and we're going to get a lot of it. We're going to get a lot of it. And I think it's going to be beautiful. I think it's going to be awesome. I'm excited to see it. They're both incredibly attractive people. Um, everybody who listens to this podcast know I love when attractive people are together on screen. Is this the sexiest cast in the MCU? I think that's a question I've been asking. I've been trying to, you know, obviously Endgame has everyone in it. So like we shouldn't count Endgame when we have these conversations. Um, but I think this might be the hottest cast. The I think the had. average, it, the might, it may not have been. And then Kumail got jacked and right. he brought the average up. <laughs> like he, he re- like, like Kumail is a beautiful man now. Not to say he wasn't beautiful before, but like he's, yeah. he's a sexy man now. Right. I, am, I am at liberty to say that. People have called me the white Camille Nagiani before, so I'm I'm glad that you said that before he was. When's when's your uh, your Marvel 
your Marvel workout sesh going to start? What Marvel character would I be? That's the question. Uh, well, Adam Warlock is taken now. So yeah. it was you. I heard it was you and Zach Efron and both of you lost it. Hey, Will Poulter got hot. You know what I mean? <laughs> Eyebrows from We're the Millers. Hot. Like, he is. <laughs> I can't wait for his uh, uh, Mickey Mouse workout. You know what I mean? Oh. He's going to get big. <laughs> Yeah. He's oh, big. Yeah. I mean, you look oh, what happened yeah. to Chris Pratt. Like he didn't just get big. He got like ripped. Um, it's going to be exciting. Um, real quick. Let's go through a little bit. The action with so many pieces on the board. There's a lot of opportunity for a wide variety of action styles and action set pieces that we're going to mm-hmm. get here. Um, I think you're going to get a little bit of everything and I'm hoping that we do. Um, uh, is there any particular, you know, power that you're excited to see in action the most, or maybe, you know, if that's too easy or if it's like Fina or whatever, is there a combo of powers that you hope to see played out here? It's not even a power necessarily. It's just Don Lee in general. I think what they're yeah. going to do with his hand to hand is awesome. He's so good in hall in like a Hong Kong cinema and or South Korean mm-hmm. cinema that from what I've seen of him. And I think his, I think he's going to bring a very interesting hand to hand combat that might almost look Shang-Chi ish. I think mm-hmm. uh, I, I'm excited to see what he brings and I'm, I love just the idea of, you mentioned it earlier in the like video game combo style stuff that we're going to get. I'm excited to see Thena use her delicate gold weaponry and have someone swing around on it. Or like, I'm, I I think it'll be very cool to, she makes a gold thing and then, and then we have Makari like sprint through and grab it and like pierce something. It's, I think we're going to get, it's similar to when you're like going into the first Avengers movie and you're thinking, Oh my God, Uh, seeing, seeing Thor summoned out or Iron Man shoot the lasers at the, at cap shield and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And Thor, Thor uh, bang the hammer off of cap shield. So I'm excited to see just what the combos, what they do. Do we get a full spin around a shot of the whole crew? uh, Do we get the football scene? Do we get yeah the football scene from Avengers? You know, one of the best forty minutes in move in comic book movie history. Like, I I won't let anybody say that it's not. You know, it's the circle up scene. Obviously, is the circle up scene, and it's great. But going through getting to the circle, like from the circle up scene on, from like for like twenty minutes, that's mm-hmm. all just beautiful choreography and all that. I do think we get a football scene here, and I'm really excited to see it. We got it look very different. It's gonna, it's, it's so not gonna, yeah, it's gonna be, look very, very different. <laughs> we got it in a, we got it in end game, and I hope we get it here as well. Um, uh, I think just real quick, Icarus, I'm excited to see the Superman powers played out here in the MCU. Superman's dope, and that's why, you know what I mean? Uh, you know, the best thing about Man of Steel, I think, is the action, and I think that. They've probably learned a lot from Man of Steel and they're going to bring it here. We didn't get a lot of Superman action outside of Man of Steel. So it's been a minute since we've seen that power set really displayed in a main character um, just by because of the narrative of BVS and um, uh, Justice League. So um, I want to talk about the suits real quick. I'm a big suits guy. Um, I There's something in me that gets me really excited about the team aspect where everybody's a different color. I grew up watching Ninja Turtles. I grew up watching Power Rangers. You know, th- like those are embedded in me to get excited about the the different powers along with the different colors. Um, Klein, who is your favorite suit of these heroes? Ooh, it's a tough one a because good. there's Who's so many good ones. I'm a sucker for Green Lantern, so I love um, I love Cersei's like green. Like that's mm-hmm. it's just such a good green, and all of these suits kind of, of give me Green Lantern vibes. I don't know Mm -hmm. why it's almost, it looks like very malleable metallic material, Mm -hmm. almost like, Mm -hmm. like a metallic you could bend. 
Uh, and yeah, I like the green a lot. I think Selma, Selma Hayek's uh, headdress is pretty cool. So badass. Uh, the, all of them, it's a different look for the MCU. It's something I haven't yeah. necessarily seen before. It looks like it would have some sort of relation to Doctor Strange somehow. Yeah. Uh, like it's got that kind of mystical arts kind of kind of feel to it. Uh, yeah, I do. I do really like the Cersei's green. It's a it's a good look. Also, the blue on on Sprite is. Am I saying the name right? Yeah, yeah. The, the like the baby blue, it's like I a really, teal. Yeah, yeah. I like mm-hmm. that. It's just a, it's just a good color blue. It's gonna really pop, especially with the orange hair. Exactly, and and bright orange hair, which I appreciate um, as well coming out of her. Um, the costumes I think do have a DC vibe, and I mean that in the best way. Uh, you know, you look at Superman Shazam suits, like it's so detailed, um, and I'm really excited about that um, to kind of bring the way over here. Something about Cersei's uh, costume that I also like. The gray along with the green. I like that accent that they didn't use uh, yellow. Obviously, you know, green and yellow is you know an amazing color combination. But using gray there, I think, is a really cool move to make the green stick out as opposed to the gold yellow. Also, um, I, how could I forget? I'm personally everything. I, I If everything could be white in my house, like I love white electronics. I love just like that clean look. So Thena's look yeah. with the with the tiara and then the just stark white yeah. suit is, is, is a good look too. And she's, she's got the, she's one of the only ones with kind of loose fabric too around her hips mm-hmm. that, that, that Warrior looks kind stuff. Of, yeah, that will look really cool in action. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean the baby blue, uh, Los Angeles chargers uniforms, I think is the best sports uniform of all time. The all white saints uniform, I think gives it a run for its money. Cause it looks like the white ranger. Um, it really does. Yep. And yep. I think Fina has that vibe here too. That was one of my first thoughts when I saw her. So um, that that's what I, mine was going to be. It was Thena. So um, Pam had to get out of here, which is really unfortunate. We didn't get a chance to get her kind of expectations. We'll make sure to hit her up and, you know, maybe we'll write an article about it. You know, the direct expectations for the Eternals. That could be a pretty cool one. Um, so Klein, we're kind of rounding it out here before we hop into the mailbag. What are you expecting out of Eternals after breaking down all of it, after being probably more familiarized with this movie than you have been until this point? You know, we, we just spent an hour and a half talking about it. Um, you know, what are you expecting out of this movie? What are you most excited about? What are you least excited about? Are you any, do you have any worries um, coming out of this or going into it? I'm worried and excited about going in blind. Like I'm worried. Sure. I feel like they, if, if, if they knew they had a hit on their hands, they would be showing us more, or maybe they know they've hit on their hands and they're hiding it. The, th- the thing that has me most excited and how my expectation for this movie is I think this is going, maybe not going to win, but I think this is going to be an awards conversation movie, whether it be for cinematography, whether it be for directing, maybe even best picture, who knows? I just, I, have enough confidence in Chloe Zhao that she can tell this story and make it nuanced enough for those kind of people, those kind of moviegoers to turn their heads a bit similar to how black Panther did. That was more of a kind of a groundbreaking thing. Um, but I, I really, I, something about this movie tells me that it is going to going to be very special and it's going to, it's going to break some barriers comic book movie wise. Absolutely. Um, you know, you mentioned how in the trailers, um, you know, they're not showing us maybe as much as you think they would had they known. I feel like, you know, when you're building a trailer campaign, certain amount of points, you know, you need to reach a certain amount of points to get to the hype level you want. And once you reach that hype level, you can stop showing people stuff and surprise them with it. Um, so you need to stack up scenes and moments and quotes and different things like that to get to that certain amount of points of a trailer 
that, okay, we've hit this level. We can stop showing stuff and people are going to come and then we can surprise them with the stuff at the end. Having the, the words Academy Award winner in that trailer, I think adds a lot of points that, you know, saves them room to, okay, we, people know a, an Oscar winner is directing this. We don't need to show them as much. And I think that's a, you know, that's trailer math. I think that could be being played here. Um, the biggest worry I have, I guess, Guardians of the Galaxy is my favorite uh, MCU movie. It's number two on my rankings list. I think if any words, better movie, favorite, better, whatever. I think that means they're both fucking spectacular. So, mm-hmm. you know, we're pulling hairs here. My favorite thing about Guardians, the reason I tout it so high um, in the tier that it's in, I do think it firmly belongs in the top tier. I do think I value something in it that puts it at my number two. They introduce five completely unknown, completely unheard of, completely obscure characters that I do not care about. They introduce five of them in one movie. And at the very end, I, I care very much differently about every single one of them. I probably care about Drax the least coming out of Guardians, but I still have a great feeling for who he is, what he's about. Also, he's really fucking funny, which is points. You know what I mean? If you're not going to be the deep, interesting, super depth character, be funny. Because that's going to get you the charisma points and in, in the heart. The you don't have to be super deep if you have a lot of heart. Um, so anyway, I say all that to say ten characters. It's a lot. So the 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 leash for characters to you know be certified as somebody I care about at the end is a lot longer because there's ten of them. Um, but it's going to be really interesting to see how they bring it all in. I'm not worried that I'm not going to love every single character, but coming out of this. Are we just going to run the same team back again? That's kind of my big question. And if we do that, you know, what are stakes? You know, there's got to be stakes at some point. How do we? How do you define that with these types of characters? But what I'm most excited about, just seeing this story be told through the lens of the MCU. You know, this is an outside looking in, you know, in universe perspective of the MCU, and I can't wait to see all those uh, Leonardo DiCaprio gift moments. You know, that's that's what I usually am most excited about. And here we are, uh, Klein. There's been some leaks on the internets of the Eternals post credit scene, um, a very established publication, very blatantly leaked it. And it's been tough um, on everybody who saw it and hadn't seen the movie yet, which is everybody. Um, so, you know, I'm not going to speak on this at all just because I unfortunately had that spoil for me. But for you, what is your post credit scene prediction? There's two of them. What is one prediction you have? One prediction. Oh, my goodness. Uh, I have not seen any of the leaks. I have no idea where this movie is going to begin. Well, I kind of know where this movie is going to begin 7,000 years ago, but I have no idea where this movie is going to end. I don't know who's going to be alive. I don't know what's. So I think post credit. Oh man, you're putting me on the, you're really putting me on the spot. I think we get a mutant tease. Here it is. I I said Wolverine earlier and everybody lost their fucking mind. Okay. So I don't think. I don't know. I don't think Wolverine. I don't think Wolverine is in this movie. But I think we just we. I think something happens in this film, and at the end they're like, "Oh, something's either going on with the timeline, or you see things kind of starting to lead towards the word mutant." I don't know if they say the word mutant, but I that's. I don't know. I'm just gonna keep saying that for every Marvel project until yep. it happens. Yep. But. I- I just, I don't know where else you could go with it because these people aren't super timeline involved. So what, like, what could you do that could tee up multiverse or multiverse of madness? 
I don't necessarily know what that could be unless they go find Wanda or Dr. Strange shows up. Um, I don't think they're going to be like, oh, look, we broke the multiverse and now Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield are here. Oh, hey, go see Spider-Man this this Christmas or whatever. It's just a uh, No Way Home trailer. <laughs> yeah, I, they've done that. They've done that before. Captain America. Um, so I don't know. I just I think that yeah. you you get people in the theater here to see a sick movie and then they leave the theater and go, holy shit, MC, the MCU is talking about mutants. And then the people who weren't going to see the movie are going, oh, well. I guess I got to go see the movie now. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Again, I haven't seen the leak, so I could be sounding like a complete idiot right now. So no, hey, no no, it, and, and you don't, and you don't. And, and, and um, I don't know the best way to say this. Um, I've only had one of the two post-credit scenes leaked, uh, spoiled for me. Um, I have been waiting and hoping and looking. The MCU does such a good job when a big event happens, New York, Sokovia, uh, obviously the snap and then the blip and all that stuff they do such a good job using that as a reference point for consequences multiple projects later all of phase two is back is backlash from avengers most of it anyway um and then obviously civil war the same thing sokovia courts they do such a good job taking these big events and making them matter continually moving forward i've been waiting for a snap or wanda's bubble or loki breaking the timeline some sort of big energy event to cause mutants or unlock that's what mutants. I think it's the snap because in this movie, in this movie, Ajax is talking about she feels this this wash of energy go over the universe or I guess multiverse at this point. And I mean, now we're just getting the theory territory, but I think that the snap happened and that mutated. It didn't create mutants like someone wasn't that day born and is a mutant now. I think it changed DNA in people already, in some people already. They had a gene and it activated that gene. And now forevermore, there will just be more and more mutants being born because the mutants will have, you know, that's that's how that's how it works. So love that love. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you, Klein. Um, I've, I've written articles about it. I, I thought it was a snap when WandaVision came out and we got the hex and we got the bubble and we understood what that was. I thought the popping of the bubble would be that because it's got mind stone, infinity stone, you know, qualities to it. Obviously the bubble came in instead of out, which was a surprise by everybody that, you know, you think they popped the bubble, you know, but you gotta pop the bubble now, but um, I'm the, I'm right there with you. I think the snap and the energy from it, you know, caused a surge of energy that, you know, we goes off the charts, whatever rocket says in Endgame twice um you know i think that does cause mutants and i'm just waiting for the project to introduce that and i can't wait for it um let's hop in the mailbag uh we asked the people the fans at the the people who follow mcu direct always keep an eye out for our mailbag segments we'll put them out on the instagram page you can send in your questions unless you hop over to apple itunes and leave a five-star review asking a question just like our boy dylan wrestler did dylan asked how do we think these characters and their stories interweave with the Avengers. Also, what villain could realistically be able to go against an Avengers slash Eternals team? Klein, how do you think um, this team moves forward into the greater MCU like we think they're inevitably going to do? Uh, I think it, it comes back to our boy Jonathan Majors, I think. I think because I think that that sure Thanos is a threat to all of the universe. Kang is literally a threat to all of the universes, like all of every, uh, the multiverse, the time, every timeline, everything. And I think that if we are being, the way we're being led to believe is that Kang will be the next thing 
10 years down, like he's going to be or lead us to that thing. And I think that that threat is big enough to me to bring the Eternals in, um, in somehow either that or Galactus, but I just, I don't think Galactus happens. I, or I don't know when, I don't know how they pull right. that off. Yeah, no, Galactus was mine. I think he's the only one that can bring these two teams together. Remember the guardians functioned for two movies without ever, you know, coming face to face with the Avengers. Obviously these guys are on earth. So that's, that's really the X factor here is that, you know, how can you be on earth and do all these things and not have Steve Rogers or Bruce or Carol or Sam know about it? You know what I mean? Like, you know, there's going to be Intel involved. Um, so yeah, that's going to be an interesting thing too, man. Whenever we get to this point in phase four, where the linchpin, where somebody's recapping, Hey, did you hear this about Wanda? Hey, did you hear this about Sam? Hey, did you hear this about Carol, etc. You know what I mean? When somebody starts referencing the other events in the movies, you know, instead of just referencing Tony Stark, I think it's going to be really interesting. Thank you, Dylan, for the review. Please send in your review. And it's a guarantee you get your question on the show. Uh, Josh Wines from Canada. Bonjour. You know what I mean? <laughs> Bonjour. Um, look at you, Mr. Duolingual. Yeah, that's right. Bilingual, Klein. Um, it's uh, Josh Wines from Instagram. He asks, which Eternal is your most anticipated? I already said mine's Macquarie. Uh, uh, Makari, because I really like her power set and I can't wait to see what interesting things they do. Death in the MCU is probably going to be really cool and funny and clever. Um, uh, Klein, what, who's your most anticipated Eternal? It's Kingo because I'm a, I'm a Kumail guy. I've been a Kumail guy. I bought stock years ago and I'm just sitting on it and waiting to cash in. So I, I Kingo all the way. And a Star Wars project coming out next year. Um, I know. Yeah, Safcon 05. Uh, will Ajax have any fighting scenes? We talked earlier. She definitely seems to be the more peaceful and more just kind of sit back and lead Professor X type. Not Professor X from the movies, Professor X from the comics. Um, do you think we see some Hyatt get into action a little bit? I think we have one. I think yeah, just the one final, one. I think the climactic scene, or maybe she died, like maybe they have a fight scene and she dies. Mm -hmm. um, but either the final final fight scene or one that makes them all go, okay, no, we need to come together. Cause like stakes are real and Ajax right. dead. Uh, I think she, I don't think she's fighting throughout the whole movie. I think we get one. And when it happens, she does, she shows off her power set. Like she does something that's like, makes you go, Oh my God. Yeah. Holy shit. Um, uh, Gandalf, uh, not Gandalf. I'm sorry. Yeah. Dumbledore vibes. I think. Oh, even like Gandalf, like very similar sure. to like, you shall not pass moment kind of thing. Exactly. Like, that's, yeah. Just yeah. take the air out of the room. I was thinking of that and the the twirling in the cave scene um, from Harry Potter. So uh, yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more. You mentioned mutants. I said Wolverine. Somebody's asking. Chance Calloway is asking on Instagram. Namor. That's a character that would have been around for those thousands of years. You know, could have you know been you know just involved in something major. At a, you know the underground Atlantis theme. Black Panther two comes out next year. You and know this. He's there at last supposed to be a part of it. Exactly. It's, so like. Yeah. Tease opportunity, you know, we're in the window. It wouldn't be absolutely out of this world if they're like, who the hell's Namor? Showing a shot of Atlantis, I think, could be kind of cool. Um, and you know, I think I think there's definitely a possibility there. The, the first mutant, you know, the first mutant. If mutants are involved with this at all, I think Namor might be your pro, not your post credit scene, but it might be your your through line. There could be exciting. Do you have any? Yeah, this, uh, this question. I don't know who who sent in this question again. Uh, Chance Calloway. Chance has me rethinking my yeah. post-credit pick because that I totally forgot about Namor and Atlantis. And I think that that would be a, be very easy. It'd be very, very, a very easy setup. And, and that's something you can do without having to bring in 
Sam or Wanda or Carol, right. like w- without having to have them cross over with the Avengers. I think that, yeah, huh, huh, making me think, making that me great. Think. Don't you love this universe where it's not weird that bringing in Namor would work? You know what I mean? I can't, I can't believe every, like, sometimes I sit back and I look and I'm like, man, like the idea that they, Disney can go, Hey, guess what? Timelines just they're everywhere now. And people are like, yep. Okay. Yeah. Like it's, yeah, it makes sense. And it's not even like they've, they, they haven't yet done that explanation that really brings it, you know, to the forefront of everybody. We trust they will. And that's, yeah, they had, they had the meeting. They had the, they had the meeting. The whiteboard. Uh, <laughs> they had the meeting. The infamous whiteboard. Fantastic. All right. Last question. It's a it's a tough one. Um, I'll pull up my letterbox here. Klein, if you got one, pull, pull it up. Uh, will this be a top 10 MCU movie for you? Um, obviously, you know, that is a really interesting question, <laughs> um, uh, you know, to answer, you know, two weeks out of seeing it. But, you know, the top 10 is a tough one to break, you know. This so, is the 29th project. You know, we're counting TV shows here. This is the 29th project. Top 10 would mean a top third MCU movie. Um, me personally, I got uh, my 10 through 14 is Age of Ultron, Black Panther, Iron Man, Far From Home, Shang-Chi. So that's my 10 through 14. Okay. It's not out of this realm that this thing, you know, could get into that conversation. Um, but it has to be as interesting as Loki was, I think, um, to do that for me because I did love the characters in Loki too, and this is a very character-driven movie. So I think getting past Loki is going to be the big linchpin for me. And once it gets into that tier um, between Age of Ultron and Shang-Chi for me, I think that's where the conversation is going to get really tight. Yeah, yeah. So for me, right now, the way I have it, my number 10 is Far From Home. It goes 10 Far From Home, 11 Iron Man, 12 Shang-Chi, 13 WandaVision, 14 Loki. Yeah, WandaVision too low. Um, WandaVision ahead of Loki though, friends for life. (laughs) Yeah, here's the thing is I can see it. I can see myself. And so number nine for me is Black Panther and eight is Avengers. I can see myself liking this movie more than maybe even black panther i can't see myself liking this movie more than avengers it would have to blow me away right um but it's kind of the same thing if if i like it more if i like it more than black panther that's it's number nine yeah and it's not out of the realm possibility this movie's bigger than those oh yeah yeah so if if it delivers like you know good very good great awesome you know Take that scale. The if thing, it delivers very good in the you know the the personal parts of it, and is also just a bigger movie, um, more exciting movie, it's going to be hard to keep it out of that conversation. And they are doing a lot, like they are checking a lot of box for me as a movie watcher personally. Like they're bringing in somebody that I adore. They're bringing in actors I like. They're they seem to be branching out to this. I don't want to say film twitter side of movie making but you know what i mean when i say that right yeah like the the letter the letterboxed side of uh side of movie making and i i I think it's just gonna i'm just suit i think it's gonna be very interesting that's that's the word i keep coming back to with eternals it's gonna be interesting whether it's good or bad is up in the air but either way even if it's terrible even if it's in my opinion the 29th the last, the very last is worse than Thor, the dark world. I still think it's going to be interesting. There's going to be no lack of things to look at. Right. 
And um, for me, I think what it comes down to for me, how many characters do I care about at the end? It's not so much how many favorite characters I have. Like how many characters do I find interesting by the end of this? And how many of them were just there to play their part? Um, I think they can get away with one or two of them. You know, uh, I only say this because there's the lesson on actors, but like a Sprite or a Gilgamesh or even a Kingo, the comedic relief role, you know, them not being huge major players in the overall narrative, I think is fine. How many of them are at the end of it? Because, you know, Black Panther got me excited for Black Panther 2. Um, and I think that's that's kind of what I'm looking at here at the end. But can't wait to see it. Can't wait to talk about it. Um, I'm fortunate enough to see it here in a couple of days. So I'm hyped. Klein, you got a couple of weeks until it comes out in Canada, correct? Uh, no, November 5th, the same time. Same. same oh, day. okay. Yeah. I thought you guys were still no, a little November, backed up from us. No, November 5th. It's It's going to be here. I've got tickets ready to go. Are you seeing an IMAX or are you seeing it in the center? No, the, the closest IMAX screen to me is about four and a half hours away. Jesus. So I am going to be seeing it probably uh, actually, uh, no, not on a standard screen, but an, 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 we'll call it an extreme screen is Love what it. it's called here. So just a, just a bigger format, better recliners, yeah. better sound. So that's what the RPX is here. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I get to walk through the theater. It's fantastic. It's my favorite. Um, All right, man. Thank you so much for hopping on. Thank you to Pam Gores. Make sure to check her out at Pamela Gores on Twitter and Klein. Where can we find you? Uh, at the Klein felt Klein, like Calvin Klein think underwear and you have found me. There it is. That's my guy. He's a great follow. Make sure to check him and Pam out. Thank you so much. We'll see you back for, Oh my God. Hawkeye primer. We're just going to have a Ha-ha! lot of, a lot of Matt fraction in it. It's going to be dope. All right. We'll see you.